Don't be a stupid bitch. Ding dong. Hello? Yes, yeah, law infidels, that's right. Here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group. It's time to light the fuse, do some reviews, and maybe tweet a couple of, well, you know, it's Hacker Hameen here, ready to break it down. The stinger, the juice, the triple B, it's AEW Dynamite. Ready to explode. YOLO. Did you hear that deuce? He said he's ready to explode. Me too, pal. Oh, what's good, guys? Good to be back here in the saddle with uh, you and the missile silo where everything's safe and sound 200 feet underground at Hameen Media Studios. Uh, Another uh, big, big day. Uh, Hopefully you guys uh, keep me uh, (laughs) in your positive thoughts as the cannabis industry is uh, always, uh, you know, any business, anytime you're dealing with anything big business, it's always a back and forth game of negotiations and uh, human emotions can uh, play, uh, you know, hell on your nerves. So big day meeting with uh, all kinds of business partners, three different clients um, and business partners already today. So uh, I'm already uh, in a, in a strange headspace of thinking about 16 different things and had a great time last night uh, at twitch.tv slash homie media, hanging out with the AEW self-help final belt count was uh 10 belts and two bro hugs last night um interesting shows some really uh cool stuff and then some like eh, i wouldn't have made that choice type of stuff so uh very cool i see uh our own uh rbvs in the house hanging in the chat room live on bin i mean youtube my man brother jonas from uwe will be training tonight he was first in the chat so a uh, big shout out to him man and uh just getting ready for an, another big weekend of Immortal Championship Wrestling, this time back in Kabul Skill, Kobul Skill, New York. My man Blaze Haram taking on the Nachi Mafia. Little do they know uh, they're dealing with a Sopranos expert here. So uh, expect somebody to, to take a hit. And it ain't going to be old hacker, I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate the chat room filling up to hang with us on a Thursday afternoon recording this live. I'll probably do the Friday locker room sometime tomorrow. Uh, like I said, just big business every day. So trying to keep the schedule here so you guys get all your shows. But thanks to Big Ray all day and the vet and all the great hosts uh, hanging and banging, getting shows cranked out. I just uploaded the Rampage review, Impact Attack, and the Next Level review. So, And thanks again to the vet for uh, being in the Monday locker room with me, for sure. Always a good time with the vet hanging out, man. So uh, it was a big week last week podcasting, uh, doing K100. I think that's out for free now off of uh, on their Spreaker. It was exclusive uh, early uh, listening on Patreon, but great uh, responses there as well. And uh, a great time with Vince and Stevie on Master Shoot Theater and the Raw and SmackDown review again this week. So keeping at it, you guys. The <laughs> hacker stays booked. There's no doubt about that, man. So um uh, jay uh jay hell uh, is in the house man shout out to you brother uh paul the shooter from syracuse is here he says the show is better than i expected to be yeah it was a pretty damn good uh effort last night uh but there was things you know that will come out and be showing freud where they'll shoot the empty arena side and you could see that they were not there isn't even a j hook really at this point there's just opposite hard cam side and maybe another mm, eighth of the arena filled on the floor there uh and that's the cut line so we saw that shot a lot last night in reaction shots shooting the crowd back uh back into the left um back and my mic is hot (laughs) from all the karaoke last night uh back towards the crowd on big uh, moments like Sting looking at him. So it looks bigger and more full than it is, which is a good production trick. But when you do it five or six times, then it goes, oh, they're trying to hide how empty the arena is. Da, da, da. And then here comes 
AEW botches or whoever to tack them to the wall. You know what I mean? Instead of just enjoying what was uh, a pretty uh, good effort last night, you know? So um, there's a couple of newsworthy stories we covered on the Monday locker room and Friday locker room that tweet Tony tweet, uh, you know, and, and how his own locker room is looking at that now. Uh, Chris Jericho reacts. Uh, I saw was here on WrestleZone to Tony Khan's social media messaging. Um, Jericho made the following statements when asked about Khan's Twitter post. He said, I learned years ago that bosses are going to be bosses and billionaires are going to be billionaires. I've worked for billionaires for 25 years, <clears throat> referring to Vince McMahon and Ted Turner. At this point, you can't control Tony Khan. He's going to do what he wants to do, and God bless him. Uh, he created this company. He runs this company. He also grew up in the social media era. So, uh, as political, uh, I tried, but uh, you ain't gonna stop him. Uh, cough button. So, uh, you know that that that's uh, as veteran a response as you can expect. There, I did see Jericho had on some flat earther stuff this week. Interesting. I'm sure he takes plenty of heat for that online. Um, you know, as it's a easy rib to label somebody that and besmirch them in the conspiracy community. But, uh, I'm sure a good show. So I'm surprised, uh, that the horseman and Jericho, uh, never linked up to ride out on his platform. So what's my go-to karaoke song is the chat. I don't really go out and do karaoke. Um, except for on the AEW and SmackDown live self-help group. Where I just sing whatever I like <laughs> or half ass rap it. Um, but you know, everything I like is uh tragically hip and lowest of the low. However, I have uh put on two absolute brilliant uh brought the house down performances of the Humpty Dance at actual karaoke nights. So uh once in Jamaica and uh once in the most redneck bar that got torn to the ground, uh, the pine grove in. So, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have a, a Sinatra or anything like that. I, I go to, so usually, uh, tragically hit B sides are, uh, my jam. <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, the weather's changing cause my voice is raspy today. So Jericho weighing in with that one. And then, um, you know, uh, I've been not, I'm never fairly open about my friendships. I have to talk about, are we friends? Like that's an AEW storyline and hell waiting to happen. But, uh, you know, obviously wife number two, Serena Deeb has been, uh, out of action for a while. And, uh, I protect her anonymity whenever asked and told to, but on the sheets, things have been stupid <laughs> in the last month to say the least with false reports of she got sent home because she had heat because she didn't hit her times all bullshit she got sent home because she's injured some truth to it she's married not true <laughs> and then alvarez reporting uh yesterday uh that well we know she was injured but we don't know about the other thing and then my source didn't know and i'm just not sure where it is oh what what great news you've got such great insight into everything that's going on. So, uh, there will be a promo probably released soon explaining and, uh, like, uh, the it hit the sheets absent AEW star reportedly seen backstage at collision. Uh, and it was Serena Deeb at Saturday's taping of AEW collision in Toledo, Ohio until Saturday. Uh, Deeb reportedly had not been backstage at AEW in 2023. She last wrestled for the company in October 18th, 2022, when she defeated Haley J on a taping of dark elevation. In fact, Deeb hasn't wrestled since the Haley J match, meaning that as of this writing, she's been out of action for exactly one year. Um, that's true. Uh, Deeb reportedly had a disagreement with AEW management last year. Not true. Uh, but her absence from the company is said to not be uh, related to that disagreement as the, here's, here's a possible disagreement. Why is everybody here rotten? Not want to train, uh, as Deeb had also been recovering from, uh, an undisclosed injury. So, uh, you know, the, the sheets, uh, are gonna, and, and as, as speak of the devil, uh, she hits up in the chat. So, 
Uh, I don't think she's listening live, but uh, the devious one uh, back in the AEW locker room and uh, the dirt sheets really have zero idea what they're talking about, (laughs) except that she was on the shelf uh, due to an ongoing injury, which will be uh, addressed in that promo when she's going to put that out. So uh, it'll be interesting, you know, as, as well. If you can't get yellow Red Bull, what's my second favorite flavor? Uh, Yellow. Uh, That's one I like. Uh, there you'll find one, uh, Zach Striggs, young Zach Striggs, all the, UW, all the big stars of UWE showing up here in the Hameen media, uh, group, uh, chat. Oh. Yeah. Oh. No, uh, Zach Striggs, uh, a young talent, uh, that's really, uh, somebody you should keep your eye on you guys coming up just like brother Jonas and, uh, all the stars of the UWE universe, a uh, really good worker, uh, a trainee. I wouldn't say worker. Fuck that. He ain't a worker. You're making no money. Uh, <laughs> a dedicated trainee uh, with a lot of talent, and uh, I like working with him a lot. But don't tell him that. Uh, y'all, uh, uh, yeah, broken ascendancy. How about that, Tony Storm? Hey, eh? good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna get to that uh, in the review here. Uh, but I just wanted to get through a couple clickbait headlines and put myself over as uh, you know the real insider. <laughs> Uh, but we got to punch in and punch out because I do got to train at UWE tonight and there's plenty to be done with the dogs of war to be walked and uh, everything else uh, going down, man. Uh, but uh, give uh, Brother Jonas a follow and I'm not sure if Zach's got uh, any social media you can follow. He should uh, or you can uh, come wrestle him at UWE tonight and I'll gladly uh, let you kick him in the nuts. Uh <laughs> Let's see here. We kick off the show with Jay White versus Penta El Cerro Mierdo. So it's uh, the Gun Club. I don't know if any of these guys are actually NRA card-carrying members or even know how to shoot guns, load them, or unload them properly. Uh, But they call themselves the Gun Club because isn't that cool? Uh, And Jay White, who I think has, you know, plenty of charisma and talent maybe lacking in size but that doesn't matter he's got kind of that um Hatfield and McCoy's look to him you know uh which there's money there and he's stolen uh the triple b which they're calling the bang bang belt which I like that realliteration of it uh for their club but uh then he's gonna fight Penta and he's got all the bullet club guys uh at ringside this is the wrong match because we've got this hostage belt, but we're going to take on a guy like Penta who really needs, uh, can give you a great match. And it's a competitive slug them out match when really what we needed was cheap heat where the guys on the outside would cheat and whoever he's facing gets beat pretty quick and they beat the shit out of them. Now, that being said, that's an old wrestling trope and the follow-up, promo from mjf backstage addressed that directly so you know it was on the board but i like that they did that and called out the game for what it was because it made their choice more digestible afterwards i just wouldn't have started off the show with this with a guy who who stole a belt having a stand-up match like he's the champion because this match they did all the shit and all the false finishes on some crazy twisting power slam shit was awesome and like uh, you know all the all the big oohs and ahs that you want however and this is a booker of the year 101 you don't have all the oohs and ahs on in the beginning of the show you don't give all that away and and that's all big fruit to pick off the tree now the rest of the show has to fill in with character or whatever else it isn't and it did it did in some ways so i i'm not hating on it but that's usually a no-no uh, of giving all those big high spots away in segment one. So, um, but they do uh, cheat in the end. I think uh, it was Juice Robinson with a poke to the eyes and a roll-up. Of course, we're going to do a roll-up after we get all the shit in that we possibly can and kick out and bury it. But just a guy rolling you up when you're blind is fine. You don't know how to kick out then. Wah, 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 right? So, uh, very, uh, not <laughs> rip Rogers finish, I would say. Um, but these guys can work, but they work. And then all of a sudden they stop and go into a big chop fest of standing there and selling like a dummy awaiting to get hit for these minority of fans who just want to see these stupid, 
wrong style dong style spots come to america and it, it was just makes it super phony in the middle of the match and they're really hitting each other hard as fuck and then you're like this is dumb so really the the real shots they're doing are the dumbest part of their match when the phony stuff is actually the good shit might want to take a note on that one kids um but obviously it's uh the bang 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 gang over here uh shout out to uh, arakara blue uh fun to say uh fantastic conversation on keeping it 100 thanks ben the locker room conversations are tremendous well i appreciate that endorsement and you guys subscribing at channelattitude.com the official home of hameen media i see my man charles the hammer evans is in the house too shout out to all the workers tuning in here as we're a 33 strong ben hameen channel you guys uh you know taking it all the way to the top freemason level how about the 33 in the buffalo bills game when they stretch with the guy off and it's damar hamlin's number twice on the back of the fucking uh ambulance man no symbolism there good stuff everybody good stuff um but the uh, danger is with this juice robinson man he has the the charisma he has it bro and uh i i popped a chat last night saying he reminds me of animal from uh the muppet show <laughs> in a lot of ways that he moves uh and, and that takes me back to being a real little little kid uh an animal always popped my dad so that's probably why uh juice robinson to me just steals steals the scene when he's on the screen so that's a that could be a problem if your focus is trying to be on jay white who also has charisma but there's just something about juice so juice needs to tone it down uh to some degree cena didn't this past week and it hurt that scene too i don't think juice was over the top here the finish was okay but uh i don't know how close they're gonna or how they're gonna keep doing the anti-semitism stuff um i think mjf can handle it i think juice robinson can handle it a poke to the eye, it should have been the roll of quarters, the Friedman roll of quarters. So after taking some heat online, did online and uh, woke opinion scale back the uh, anti-Semitism part of the storyline that is really more about MJF than it is a bigger Israel-Palestine conflict, but it's all going on. So you're really paying off some of that heat, which I like. I People need that PTSD relief. That's why that's hot. Now, business decision 101. MJF's about to be in a new movie with the uh, of the Von Erics, right? Now, going to bat for the chosen tribe might be or might not be a bad decision because people might not want that politics mixed in their entertainment or the uh, <laughs> Jews who run Hollywood might look favorably on that and do it, but I would run it up the flagpole before I went down the road to continue on my wrestling show doing that when I've got a big movie that I've got to promote coming out. Right. But be a, be the star you're supposed to be, be larger than life. Don't let the peanut gallery sway you do the work that means something. And you know, you're going to pay off the message in the right way. Uh, when people are yelling at you, you just got to go, just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. You know, don't worry. The story's not over yet. Right, Cody? <laughs> you know, like de there's definitely uh, ways around it and to keep doing controversial things while you have to be on the road. It's just got to be done in a smart way and everyone giving the Iggy ahead of time. So I hope they don't backtrack off of um, the controversy last week. But that being said, the finish on Penta could have been a roll up, but it should have been a shot of quarters of the jaw. So interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Uh, we'll see. We'll see which way it goes. Um, Jay White's over and then post-match, uh, Jay White cuts the promo with his boys behind him and they get over the, uh, 24 carat, uh, cubic Zarkarbian ring made me laugh. And that's great. That's great parody. MJF's got this big gaudy diamond ring go get the cheapest one and do the same gimmick and do it at a at a team level that's a fun game to play out right that's real fun dude um yeah man what we got here frank's pickle barrel ass michael j fox is the real mjf mallory um doc 
Um, let's see. Then we go Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida in a title eliminator match. Okay, I don't got a problem with who's in the match by any means, but this match is almost identical in a lot of ways to the with the falsies and the bullshit Japanese wrong style 50-50 strikes in the middle of the match. This means they weren't even watching the match ahead of them or they were watching it and, and they had their whole plan and those guys did all that shit and then they did it right after. Or there's no production meeting or the agents aren't talking to each other because these matches were both too long and uh, they were they were definitely kind of copycats of each other. So we just put on you know, whatever, uh, maple walnut ice cream back to back instead of switching up the flavor and switching up the flow of the show. So they worked hard. Um, there's a couple things that I guess are just Japanese style that are like, they look kind of lazy to me. Like Emi Sakura when they're on the outside, just gave the Karoshita a push and she flies into the, like a little tap on the back and flies into the ring apron or, um, they'll take a big move and she's right back up giving her something else afterwards when they're going into the international spot shit that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You, you, they, she took like a slam, a shoulder block and then fed back up and in comes a car sheeting. She gives her a spinning backbreaker. Like you just took two things. Why are you on offense out of nowhere making your own comeback? So those types of things are just like rotten, but you know, because they're international stars, you can't criticize them because you're not on TV or whatever, but that, that makes no sense. in and in a wrestling match where you take two bumps and then all of a sudden you're back to hundred percent and you're the one given something stupid. Um, yada, yada, but uh, a lot of drop kicks, tiger driver and fucking moon salts and, and every other goddamn thing. Um, and we feel the finish come. There's a spot where so it goes off the top rope and they move and you move on something. And that's usually when we should go into the finish. Nope. We're doing four more minutes where we kick out on everything and nothing means nothing, uh, until we get to a backbreaker. Then she nails an elbow strike and a Falcons era and Sakura kicks out, but then eats another Katana strike and is knocked out. So hit you, boom, can't pin you. Hit you one more, knocked out, Pena. That there's no level of like raising the bar of the pop in that sequence at the end. Nobody's popping more for like a kick out. Oh, hit him with one more move, pin him one, two, three. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> just do the sequence and, and actually cut out the four minutes of bullshit. And after they move on something, it's feet up, hit them, hit them, and then set them up for the finisher one, two, three. That's the psychology. It's worked for years. It's how you put your spin on it that makes it work the right way. You felt the finish bus coming. You looked at it. They kicked out, and you watched the finish bus go by, and now you're standing there for five more minutes in the cold hoping that something else comes along. And it just it ends flat. So I know my man Charles Hammer Evans is in the house. And he knows this. This is WWE, what we were trained, OVW 101. And you can feel it. You feel the flow, and then you feel, watch it, just pass them by, thinking that their overbooking bullshit is going to get them over more, and it doesn't. It hurts their match, and that's just the, the sad truth of it. And we had two long matches back-to-back that really the first one should have been a short match against a lesser opponent than Pentagon. So... Then we get uh, Adam Copeland. He's in the back speaking with Renee Paquette, and he admits he's confused at his ideas of coming here to end his career with Christian Cage. He sounded on board with it until it got real. Then he sat down this week and replayed their relationship about growing up as kids and loving wrestling, and he's the dude who had to go get him in elementary school, you know, so all that uh, old-school brotherhood uh, laying it all out there. Uh, but Copeland doesn't want to take the spotlight. He knows Cage will come crashing to the ground. He says he won't fight him, but he won't be there to pick him up when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne drop him either. Uh, then we get Wardlow in action versus Ryan Nemeth. And uh, Ryan Ry Nem Nem, as soon as uh, Wardlow hits the ring, jumps on him, flurry of punches. 
to start hot because that's all he's getting because it's one and done here for uh, Wardlow. One power bomb lays out Nemeth. One, two, three. Tony Schiavone interview afterwards is Nemeth lay there, his dead body stretched out on the mat. But we're going to do an interview instead of waiting for Wardlow to get to the top of the fucking ramp and do it. But okay. Um, you know, I talked about this last week and somebody egging me that uh, Bubba Ray Dudley was saying the same shit uh, that Wardlow's reaction after last week's squash match was strange. Five power bombs. Then he kind of stormed out of the arena and it looked like time got cut or something got switched or something. One of a thousand things. And it pissed him off and he was showing. Why? Because it didn't seem like it was part of the character. Then this week, you get to come out and get one powerbomb. You do get a little interview, two or three lines, and that's it. Was he pissed that his time got cut? And then they go, oh, you want to see that? Now you're going to get even more time cut. You're getting one thing. However, the lesson really is (laughs) one powerbomb means more than five. And you're supposed to do less, not wrestle. That's what makes you special. We got a guy on our roster right now who's a big son of a bitch, and he wants to do more technical stuff than he should be. He should just be killing guys with no, (laughs) like how Kane would, how Big Show would have early on, and and Goldberg or whoever, right? And uh, you don't need... You don't need to be somebody who goes six minutes to show that you can wrestle when you got the one thing nobody else has got, which is massive size and stature. So um, I don't know if they're testing them. To me, it feels like that. I think there's a definite test on Wardlow right now, and I'm not sure why um, or uh, how high a level of politics he plays. He's been there long enough. He definitely should know what walking into it is. And you got to no sell that shit on the way out, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what next week brings. Then they might just really test him, take him off TV, just as fuck with him. We, oh, they built him up only to stop him again. How are you going to deal with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Todd Brantley is 100% right, but much like a Sid Vicious or 911. Uh, so, y'all. Uh, um, but uh, Shav- Shavani asked him. Uh, what Wardlow's back for, he shows MJF's written on his wrist tape, then he barges past Shafani and knocks him to the floor. So he doesn't even really get to say anything. Um, then Omega is backstage, and um, MJF walks into the scene, puts him over until he gets right up uh, in his ear, and he says, 13 days, bitch. Um, but we get to see it from the voyeuristic point of view. However, is that a rib on the fucking Shinsuke... Seth Rollins bit about I know about your back. I don't know. Something uh something's there. Um then we get really shitty and we go to uh Roderick Strong cool guy uh apartment and uh all the grown men some of whom have had children are there playing bongo drums and playing with a stuffed giraffe while still doing the neck brace thing and then talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and do a slow motion cut of making them so they can do funny little faces because apparently someone told them this is what uh, comedy is. Uh, and I assure you it's not. It, it's uh, stupid. It's embarrassingly bad. It, just so Adam can say he needs surgery, leave the scene, and Roddy can yell Adam, and he needs his best friend back. Uh, it's just... <laughs> This is not even close to getting max value out of any of these guys. In fact, it's doing the exact opposite and it's lowering their stock price. It looks fucking stupid. And any real man watching this is fucking cringing at this shit. So not good stuff. Uh, and, and they're all capable of so much more. That's the problem. This, this little kid, it was, and we even have this later. I don't understand what this is of what happened in these guys' lives in junior high, fifth grade to seventh grade of like, you can't sit at our lunch table or my favorite time was playing magic cards at the lunch table because we even have the best friends later uh, with Hook in a backstage pre-table, Orange Cassidy, eat, peeling an orange, eating a sandwich, eating chips 
And these guys, their whole thing is, it's all like little kid elementary school shit that no man interacts with another man that way. It's absolutely brutal to watch because everybody else, everybody in these scenes should be playing at a much higher level. And if they're be giving, if they're being given carte blanche, and this is the Cobra Kai cool kids club of Florida that all live in the same fucking condo area, you know, to, as the status symbol of whatever gardens you fucking live in. And that when left to their own devices, this is the best they can come up with. And it makes it to TV because we do a slow roll cut of peanut butter that's pornographic. And the guy's like, oh, popping for it. Like it's a fucking Sunny D commercial from 1988. Like this shit is garbage. You're here to fight and play out big storylines. My friend and making me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with the crust cut off of it is about as lowbrow, dumbass, basic mailed in shit as you could possibly ask for real bad yeah hook love slamming hot cheetos book it um don Callis then joins shivani in the ring and uh, he said he made history last week and uh, jericho was never manhandled like uh, that and then it's hobbs's turn to talk and we make another huge mistake here's hobbs looking like fucking lou ferrigno 1986 fucking uh the incredible hulk big right and what's his beef with Chris Jericho? Oh, it's been 25 years because when he was seven years old, Chris Jericho, the wrestler he idolized, walked by his crippled grandma. And that seven-year-old says, someday I'm going to get revenge on you, Chris Jericho. And that's why I'm here. What? Dude, all of this, every boy has a dream shit is absolutely brutal. And, it, and, it, it, and there's some something i don't want to say freudian but there's something uh that's very much uh the culture of send your kids to fucking psychiatrists and counselors at a young age to examine themselves as opposed to letting life kick the shit out of them a little bit to toughen them up that is built into every one of these storylines who's not eating lunch with me i like the fucking crust cut off my sandwiches you made my grandma angry when I was, when we were seven, when I came to a wrestling show to see you like grow the fuck up. Why do we hate each other? Because you're an old ass horse that needs to be put out to pasture. And I'm the next generation super freak Zilla who's big enough to do it. And they're about to put you to the glue factory and I'm here to grind you up old man. That's the fucking reason why, why? Because Don Cal's paid me to why? Because I don't like white guys. Why? Because there's a, there's a hundred whys that are better than you walked past me and my grandma when I was seven. It's brutal. It's fucking brutal. And it's all coming out of the creative of a guy who may not have had a lot of lunchtime friends. And you can say no to this shit guys, or at least go into business for yourself and fucking come up with something better, right? Like this are bad. Then Kyle Fletcher, Australian, comes out and, uh, you know, here's a kid with uh, all the physical attributes. You can just tell a a natural athlete as well. Uh, And he's talking about how he's going to beat the shit out of Kenny Omega. He doesn't need any help to do it. Uh, And and he really kind of puts the promo I talked about out there about putting the old horse to pasture. And I'm the next generation of what it is. Um, Unfortunately, Kyle Fletcher's voice sounds like a 13-year-old. So, uh, he looks uh, like, you know, young, hungry talent, early 20s who can do it all. But then when he talks, it's like, uh, you know, Dad, can we stop at Taco Bell on the way home? You're like, oh, okay. Um, But, you know, the kid can probably do tons of shit and kick out of everything. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Kyle Fletcher's up next. Uh, Fletcher jumps Omega, so that's the second jump start we had back to back with Nemeth jump starting on uh Wardlow. So, again, agents aren't talking, they're not, they're not saying, well, Are you jump starting? No, okay, we, we won't then. Uh, as soon as uh, oh, Zane Vicious, uh says aha i don't like white guys is crazy how crazy is it you know why can't he be a uh 
a Farouk or, uh, you know, the white boy challenge or whatever it is, you know, like all that shit has more teeth than anything they did on that show with that segment. Um, a lot of drop kicks inside, outside the ring, uh, Polish hammer, which I liked, uh, uh, and goes for a moonsault, but it's avoided by going to the floor. Alvaro Omega leaps over the ropes and nails the moonsault to the outside instead, man. Dude, Omega, I imagine my dude, my back's jacked up. I imagine Omega's got to be rocked, man. Um, low drop kicks, Michinoku driver, kickouts, all kinds of get your shit in. Um, but you know, before this even starts, and this isn't a, a slight on Fletcher, you know, Omega's going over unless it's some type of smosh finish. So here's another long match. We, this is our third one out of four. It's a get your shit in spectacular, and you know who's going over. Nobody thought Hikaru Shida was going to lose. Nobody thought Jay White was going to lose, and nobody thinks that Omega's going to lose here. So, And you'd be right on all three accounts. So predictable outcomes with just get your shit in finishes that are going to have people kick out with very little storyline interwoven into the match is something that we need to look at uh, under the microscope and course correct there, guys. No booker of the year. I just uh, pretend to allegedly try and be one on TV. Um, one winged angel for the win, Kenny Omega, who would have thought. Then they play, I guess, a vignette that's been playing on Collision for Danhausen. I think it's like a Christmas jingle for the return of Danhausen. And um, absolutely all for that. I just hope they use them the right way. Uh, and I think uh, I was talking in the producer's chat uh, with all the guys and RV RBV put this over. I said the same thing. Uh, Dan Housen definitely, definitely, definitely needs to be mixed into the Tony storm silent film stuff as either, you know, I, I talked with, um, I want to say Chris Ford, <laughs> his shoot name, uh, but crowbar last week, I think he'd be great in a Nosferatu thing. And I think, so with Danhausen, you know, some type of old school horror film with Tony Storm. I think he could be the guy time to the train tracks type stuff too, but he definitely needs to be mixed into that world. And we'll we'll talk more about uh uh you know that when we get to the Tony Storm stuff. Um Jay Cred said this was a horrible show. I don't know if it was horrible, man. I think there was some redeemable things on here, uh, better than uh some other shows I've seen recently with them. So um, but crowbar is already doing black and white stuff and the timeless stuff. Let's say yes to it. Dan Housen is absolutely that Sven Gulli style and, and could, could work into, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenstein type uh, of role. I think it'd be great. Uh, let's hear from sting and boy, do we hear from sting. He tells us all about the good times on the road. WCW era puts over flair, Put, tries to put over Hogan and fucking the crowd heels on Hogan mega there. I'm like, wow. Even Stinger's like, Jesus Christ, stiff, stiff crowd, pal, stiff crowd. Um, so, uh, you know, it's Sting. He's saying what he wants to say. He's fucking the legend in this business and, and puts it over. Um, and... Oh, what the hell is this? Lance Archer. Did I miss a Lance Archer thing? Aaron Brown. I don't know what that is. I think somebody copy pasted something, uh, but we're supposed to hear from sting. And then we get a swerve Strickland and Prince Nana um, kind of pre-produced hip hop thing, man, dude, the swerve Strickland, man, he gets it. And I think Prince Nana could step up his uh, kind of, I don't want to say goofy character, but overdone, especially with like how the heat's coming down on P Diddy and all the shit with Tupac and Swerve's got the talent to cross over into hip-hop in a big way. Um, and the look of their stuff is very cool. It's It was one of the cooler things on the show to, like, we're not talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwich bullshit and fucking having grown men play bongo drums. These are cool guys. And I, and I almost got, even though, you know, it's not this, but I get kind of like a Fife Dog and uh, Q-Tip feel or uh an andre 3000 and a big boy outcast kind of feel from them on camera together uh or maybe even a uh not that swerves biggie smalls but a big and puffy 
kind of feel, you know? So I, I think Prince Nana has room to grow into a different character, even though that kind of is, um, forgive me. I forget the other guy's name who came over from NXT. Who's really good at the promo too. Um, but, but, you know, doesn't mean we can't have more than one guy like that who's good, good in the character like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was fine. And Strickland says he should be celebrating while being TNT champ, but it's Adam Page's fault. He warns that uh, you don't want to know, go to war with someone who gives less of a damn than him. He says it's not always uh, you that pays for your actions. So collateral damage, I like that. I like that little angle. I wonder if uh, he'll start taking out some of the elite uh, as far as that goes. That was a good little caveat. But I thought that was a good little uh, – produced uh piece on there i liked it uh sting that makes his way to the ring he says uh, everything about steiners and luger and dusty and hogan yeah i wonder whether they just wanted to heat hogan pop me um and then sting says people think he's ready to retire uh in 2015 it didn't sit well with him and he made his debut debut at revolution 2021 in his final match will allegedly be at Revolution 2024. So uh, until 2026 when he fights Flair or whatever the fuck, right? Um, but good promo by Stinger here. Crowd's giving him all his respect and, and just do, and, and he's kicking ass. Again, though, wait for the AEW botches to show the opposite side with Empty Arena and him. It's just the way she goes, boys uh jr interviews nick wayne and his mother this impressed me too man to be honest with you now i'm pretty sure nick wayne's mom you know has been around the business being buddy wayne's wife for decades and and as attractive as she was i'm sure she was a valet or what have you but i was pretty impressed with nick wayne's mom's acting skills in this like she was very believable Nick Wayne, a little way to go. Like it was overdone, like a little bit too. It wasn't bad for like a 90210 melodrama style, but she kept it pretty, pretty real in, in a wrestling scene that easily could have been the shits and phony. Uh, you know, everybody's marking out for the MILF stuff and all that. But like, I don't know, man. It, it, I thought she did a pretty damn good job. And then uh, Christian Cage comes into the scene and gets heat. And then. Uh, that's his new dad uh, and he's a better dad than buddy Wayne ever was rest in peace midget. And he walks away and says to his mother, you're dead to me. <laughs> and, and like she flips as he walks out, it popped me, bro. Like that, there was a lot of good in this scene of like heavy stuff. That's wrestle crap drama, but it was delivered with, um, you know, real poise. And I, I was pretty shocked at how polished is uh, the mom's performance was without her, that scene would have fell flat on its face. It was pretty damn good. Um, Renee Paquette's backstage with the best friends and they're all eating lunch. Orange Cassie says a bunch of stuff really slow. Um, and then that's it. So we took the belt off them only to have that turn into a flop and then to get the belt back on them. So we've really done no, no business except for maybe give them three weeks off. And, um, yeah, the belt's back where it was. So sometimes these things happen, you know. Um, they're just not thought out of whatever happened with Moxley, whatever happened with uh, Commander and, and that shit. So here we are back to square one. We can try. Sometimes the execution doesn't happen. Um, the Dynamite doesn't battle Royal. Uh, Juice Robinson guaranteed earlier in the night to bring home the victory. So we'll see if he lives up to it. Um, but uh, first one out uh, is uh, Dustin uh, Rhodes first out, so I pop for that. And then Matt Seidel is in it, and John Morrison's in it, and Jeff Hardy's in it. And I'm going, wow, this is a fucking best of the best of WWE top paid guys right here. Uh, Matt Hardy's in there, and uh, I'm going, this is going to be different than AEW, and it was. They pretty much worked the dance spot and some punch kick there's a double down in this, which was kind of goofy to me why you do a double down in a battle Royal to throw somebody over the top rope. So, um, wow. Gully Blanchard disagrees. Says my mom's acting was pretty bad. Honestly, I disagree. Um, from what I thought, what, how bad it could have been. 
to compared to what it was. I thought it, I'd give it a B plus, bro, to be honest with you. And I don't know, maybe my acting chops are off, I guess. Uh, TV then dances, uh, Johnny TV. Uh, he, he starts to break dance and uh, to do a dance off with um, Daniel Garcia and Daniel Garcia gets ready to do his uh, hip thrusting dance and uh, daddy magic cuts him off and takes away from the crowd saying, stay focused. We can win this. So then uh, another spot comes up and he's about to do the dance. And then Jeff Hardy cuts him off and does his dance pop for that. Right. Good stuff. No, now we're waiting for the rule of threes to come around and get it in. And we miss the beat. We, we go away from it for too long until he comes back and Garcia finally gets his dance in. There was two minutes too much dead air in there. We needed one more spot cut off and then turn around and get the dance in, and it would have got a much bigger pop. We waited too long to pay that off in this. So comedy spot, but here's WWE guys working this shit, trying to get this kid over, but he's still trying to be a hard-ass badass in here. Um you know, I'm glad it's clicking for him. He's a Buffalo guy. I'm not going to shit on him. We got a lot of fucking mutual friends. Um, I just think the hip thrust thing's a good way to finally break the ice to get some character on him. Yeah, but that's baby steps or, you know, that's training wheels 101. Like now we either need to stop thinking we're going to be the next shooter, Chris Benoit, and we need to lean into the, where does the hip thrust, all that shit actually take us? You know, are you a pop sensation? You're going to come out with a new dance. Are you going to be a vanilla ice character? You can't, you can't have both just to do that. And then I'm going to do this little bit on the side to get over with the fans and then go back to getting my shit in. You're never going to be over in either realm playing lukewarm with your toe dipped into either comedy and sex appeal or I'm just a badass wrestler. You got to pick one, one lane or the other, really. Um, and I say go with character because bumps suck. <laughs> like character is always going to get you over farther. You took a lot of bumps and didn't get over at all. Really, a lot of uh, you know criticism about lack of charisma. As soon as you start thrusting your hips and showing that you're willing to um, make an ass of yourself, uh, now they're with you. Right. And that's just the little littlest inkling of character. That's not really character. That's just a, a funny tee spot, but Hey, you committed to it and they like it. And now it's over. Where do we go from here? Um, da, 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 da. Pommy MJF gets up off a of commentary and uh, comes down to uh, offer Dustin Rhodes some money as he puts juice Robinson up in the corner to give him uh, the shattered dreams, nut kick. And Juice Robinson, awesome on the cell, bro. Just oversells. If there's anybody that really, I mean, looking at him, Brian Pillman Jr. definitely reminds me of Brian Pillman. Uh, but uh, his new NXT promos, he goes away from taking that namesake. He's going to be called Brian King. I don't know if that's smart. But if you want to talk about who's really the next Brian Pillman in charisma level, craziness, and creativity and and blurring the lines a little bit of you don't know what this guy's gonna do juice robinson is that guy um i think he's captive the most captivating uh performer that was on this show and um he kicked ass i didn't see the tony storm stuff in this write-up but we'll go back and cover it because it's very important to cover in fact it's the best thing really on the show but um they keep going back and forth. Guys getting eliminated. Uh, a lot of your favorite WWE guys jumped out early. Seidel, <laughs> Johnny TV. I'm like, wow, these guys, uh, locker room heroes of the night. Uh, and Dustin had to stay in for a while until uh, Rhodes gets eliminated. Um, we do a double elimination, and it's Caster and Juice Robinson, and he nails uh, Max Caster with the ring and dumps him out. I feel like we, uh, we missed uh, a little something in that i don't know but uh robinson big celebration afterwards and this was actually a pretty long over not long over run, but two minute overrun um into the 10 o'clock hour so i'm glad they stuck with it and it, it, i thought it was a good main event battle royal might have put it up front might have and had the jay white stuff at the end but i liked uh juice robinson because out of that uh, whole crew 
I think he's got the most promise. And I really do believe he's one of those um, unique creative minds and he's got a, a lot of hand in the Tony storm stuff. Like he really wants to use this business as a vision to create fun art and moments. And the Tony storm stuff, finally this week, I will say they got 95, 90, 95% value after getting about 10% value and then maybe 30%, right? Where they had the originally the opening silver screen gimmick and then she's in uh technicolor. What? How'd that make it to TV? Okay, somebody needs to get fired. And then they re-put it out online and that whole thing's redone in black and white and cut up with a little more close-ups and it looks a little better. But you only get one chance to make a first impression. So too little, too late. We bumped a 10% up to about a 40%. Then we release the silent film that's supposed to be Charlie Chaplin stuff up in the top penthouse, but really it's a one shot and she's just pantomiming and dancing around flipping out. And it's not just cause she's got a flappers outfit on and it's in black and white. We're supposed to think this is it. They made an attempt. And, and then I'm like, why aren't they cutting? She's saying words and they're not cutting to, the card that should have what they're saying on there. She's just saying stuff and we can't understand it. And there's, you know, calliope music in the background. Then at the end of that scene, they actually have a cut card with the words on it to tune in next week. I go, you're doing the cut cards, but you're not doing them when you're supposed to. And when a silver screen actress would have lines, they'd close up on her face. So we needed to have either a cut zoom or multi-camera shot or we refilm and get the lines in so we can cut them in non-linearly and then put the um cue cards in with the words on it but we didn't have any of that so again we're putting out things with poor execution then we tear them down on this show unfortunately because i want things like this to be awesome because this matt hardy universe that she's creating for herself has so much potential this week, we see her with RJ City. RJ City's in color. She walks in. It's a swipe, and everything goes black and white. I go, yes, God damn it, just like we had asked for, right? When she's in the room, everybody goes into a black and white color thing. So shout out to Don Stevens or whatever stooges that are listening. Definitely, we need the meeting So because you're still getting not max value out of this and where it could go. And you're going to jump the shark before it needs to, unless you listen to somebody instead of just, you know, taking part of the ideas and executing should have been done right the first time. Right. And on our watch, it would have been that being said this week, they have all the cut cards in she's meeting with uh, an exec and we get some me too movement quid pro quo jokes in and she eats a banana in a funny way by eating the whole skin and she's putting out uh, all the starlet stuff and they're cutting to her face close up on lines and they're putting the line cards in there awesome what did we miss that when you go into her world if we showed rj city in um color when he's in her world, he needs to have his hair slicked back. He needs a different suit on. It needs to be a period piece. It needs to be of that time period, not just we put a black and white filter over you and you try and do a couple more hand things. We really need to work on people's characters becoming a, a silver screen version of themselves. And, and, and to do that, we need to really work on, on how our characters and bodies move that way and to become an enhanced version of whatever you would be in the 2023 uh, 4K world, right? The HD world. So they didn't really take care of enough of, and I think RJ City's a plenty talented performer to pull this off. Like I said earlier, like he should have had the hat on with the scoop uh thing in in the brim you know anything like that if he's not playing the because here's the other thing he's he's supposed to be doing a deal for the network exec well the network exec is not rj city the network exec or the 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 big hollywood exec is tony khan or somebody from warner brothers <clears throat> rj city's the interviewer so we need to keep him in the interviewer side as a journalist so absolutely we're they're trying and they got things right unfortunately this is the fourth week in and we're just getting 90 percent 
We need to get 90, 95% at inception and get everything locked down, leave nothing left to commentary of like, well, I see what they're doing. I like it, but they're not doing it all the right way. That was the word in the Hameen media discussion from critical eyes like Matt Schaffer and myself. Like, yeah, dude, like, and it's almost more frustrating because you're like, okay, they're going to do it. All right. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. (laughs) They're not doing it right. They're not uh, stealing the way they should. They're creating, but they're not. They, they're patting themselves on the back for doing a small amount of the work when you really have to make sure with such a critical eye that it's all there. And then you need to hand it off to somebody else and go, what is this missing? Tell me. And it might be missing a close-up shot. It might be, you know, anything. Never would uh, that have gone out uh, with her dancing around in the, the penthouse suite saying lines without having those line cards come up so the audience could see and having a close-up. That's just the fundamentals of uh, how they made movies then, you know? So, yeah, Elizabeth's right there. They get so close and then they pull back. I agree. Uh, It's strange. It's strange. Uh, Jay Kred's got a great bring in the vaudevillians. 100% agree with that, bro. There's room for everybody in this to be a different version of themselves, of who they are pumped up. I was even talking to Serena about it last night. I go, when you get the chance, you need to be this, I won't say the name, uh, you know, silver screen brunette starlet, like her stuff. Like that's who we're going to, you know, so to jump the shark on this before everybody gets the chance to play, dude, can you imagine even like an Eddie Kingston being a New York city, knock around back alley guy you know with the suspenders and shit like and wife beater on like from the from that time period anything like that everybody has a chance to be something pretty cool and different you know so i don't know man uh <laughs> i was glad last night they really did step it up from what i would have given them 30 maybe 40 percent max value in the weeks before they punched it up to 90. It's my favorite thing in wrestling right now because of the potential of it. But every detail is important. And when it came to RJ City's wardrobe and his look and being a heightened character, that's a guy who's got the charisma to carry it off. Let's not short ourselves. Let's push our limits and boundaries, right? And then not only that, we need a way that when she walks out of the scene or the scene's done at the end, he almost like comes not out of a dream, but like the, the color, the black and white leaves the scene and he looks down and he's back in color and is like, what the fuck? Almost, you know, like what just happened? Like the, there's a whole aura about her that when you're drawn into it, you instantly become a 1940s character. The, that That's the magic of what this work can handle. If you actually approach it with the right respect and level of that it needs to be edited at so hopefully they do um the artist returns you're right on they need a detective type yeah we absolutely needed a, a private dick we need all that stuff bro and you could even make racial jokes if you want to that are tongue-in-cheek because if you have a character that is african-american and is a high stacks high high stakes black character in 2023 when you put him in 1940 during segregation what does that character become like it's not the fact of like you want to be like oh tell a racist joke but if we're playing true to the game how do we do that in a smart way to take a hobbs to take uh um you know you don't want to make somebody into a weird field hand or are they you know uh the 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 bus boy at the hotel really from every movie we've ever watched or been told at that time that's probably what it would have been right so to do that (laughs) i would take a high stakes character put them in a bellhop thing and then be like bellhop ding and they walk in and it's hobbs and you shoot him and he's got the little hat on and the whole thing and he looks at the camera like can you believe me they're making me do this fucking whack-ass shit (laughs) like all you need is a look from him to quantify that like yeah i got sucked into this shit 
and this is what how stupid the racist movies were and all that back then you don't even need him to say anything and with the right cutaway look that connects with the audience you could get all that over you know so yeah boxer some type of strong man be great absolutely the champ is here one champ what do you say I'm like uh you know and then i'd make him talk like mike tyson but uh you know that there there's there's plenty there's plenty of uh things you can do that would reference the racial inequality of the 1940s but then in a, ch- a tongue-in-cheek 2023 way dispel that to let the audience know that we're not really giving a commentary on race we're looking at a time period where things were different and we had to put these people in there but we're like giving a fuck you to that you know you can work this shit smart if you really want to uh a wc fields type would be perfect absolutely uh you you i might even though he's not heavy uh don Callis could play wc fields Hello, my little chickadee, you know, um, all that, all that type of shit, man. We need to look at all those characters. So how about a Buster Keaton spot where at the end of the night, somebody's on their phone, like a Mr. Bean style, right? Buster Keaton. And they're walking and they, they walk by Tony storm and they stop, look at their phone and the whole look out, look out everybody. And the dynamite set falls and the person's standing right there and it falls around them. And then he looks up and goes back, back to the phone and walks off over the top of the set. You could mix 2023 stuff in with all that old shit, man, all of it, all of it. So, um, really a brilliant, brilliant idea that facilitates so much, for other people to really have some fun with it. But are we going to hold ourselves to the highest standard to produce that level? Boy, I hope they will. I really do. Because those types of things are what get me excited as a creative. Um, and they also rip my fucking beating heart out of my chest when they're not done to the utmost. So the world is watching. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Oh, the artist returns that theater degree coming in handy. There's hope for my son. Yeah. Yeah. Someday, hopefully your son can have a podcast where uh, he bitches about TV shows. <laughs> uh, we'll all live the dream together. Won't we? Uh, but y'all, uh, man, uh, that's about uh, the show. I-, I thought juice Robinson did a hell of a job. I th- thought Max Caster killed it on the mic on his rap too. I got a shout out there. I'm not really a big fan of the suspect gay stalker storyline with him i think that's for a company that claims to be woke that's kind of like uh not a lot of integrity for the lgbt community making him look uh cock hungry that he's not gonna think the right way because it's mjf like mm, i don't know man the guy comes out and slays it on the mic if he's gay just let him be gay and it doesn't have to be some big uh, he's my boyfriend. Like, uh, okay, dude. Uh, Cause that shit's cringy, you know, because you can't go from that to I'm the baddest MC on the block. Again, we're, we're mixing strange Kool-Aid here that doesn't taste right. So a lot of, I thought a, a lot of good effort from everybody uh, tonight. I don't think anybody mailed it in. Uh, well, I, I'll take that back. I think those fucking lunch bunch episodes and backstage pre-tapes are terrible all that shit needs to end um it's not drawing anybody and it's really hurting guys like a matt taven like uh uh roderick strong i get it they're doing character and they're trying but this is a a weak attempt for them this is this has people turning the channel and those guys have worked uh, a lot of years and taken a lot of bumps let's give them the creative that's gonna the get them where they finally need to be you know so oh yeah like uh i guess they're they're agreeing here uh it's an insult to his partner i agree caster bouncing back this weekend with bars uh anthony bones if anything it's the insult right um it makes a gay character instead of just who he is i i, I agree and it's kind of the same way on wwe with um uh pretty deadly right like we're not saying what they are, but they sure act like it. Like, no, okay, dude. Like integrity, integrity. What's the height of my character's intelligence? How do I play to the height of my intelligence integrity? Mm. 
I don't think that's I don't think that's it. Chasing around MJF doing uh weird creeper shoulder rubs. Is that what you want? Is that what the LGBTQ community really wants to to have like as as a representative? No. I don't think so. I think they'd want a dude who like spits fire on the mic, looks good, fucking uh checks his hair and then hits the elbow drop. We don't need all of the fucking I want to give you a rub and tug in the in the broom closet, okay? Like don't need it. Oh, uh, yalla So uh, 38 strong. We were up to, I think 46 at one time here. You guys, I appreciate you hanging out on a Thursday afternoon and, uh, my students and my OVW brothers and, uh, any of the workers out there tuning in or any of the AEW stooges who can run, tell that and take these notes to Don Stevens and hope they apply them and maybe, uh, holler back on email and send a PayPal pal, because we've been watching these goddamn shows long enough. It's about time. We got a little bit of that sweet, sweet TK money. So, uh, yeah, a lot of you guys have a great rest of the week. I'll be back tomorrow night uh, with the SmackDown Live self-help. And uh, probably record the Friday locker room in the morning sometimes. We'll keep an eye out for that for your ride home on Friday as well. So, uh, but uh, keep your head up, you guys. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You know what it is. This is the Hustler of Rogers. Yeah, it's fucking me. Yeah, and uh, listen to the fucking Hameen Media Group. That's Ben Hameen, Hameen Media Group from Rip Rogers. Go get him and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ding dong. Hello?